Well, we're blessed. This church has been blessed for many years to have faithful um, faithful men at the helm and uh, in the pastor team, of course, as well as in the, the business end on the board side, and uh, it's just a blessing. So I know uh, <clears throat> Caleb asked that question, and if one person asks a question, there's usually more, so I appreciate uh, Lance's availability to answer any questions that you might have. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and jump into our word. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I want to c- encourage you in giving grace. So uh, Lance gave a great report, and uh, we're again, we're blessed to have such a great group of men leading uh, our church from the first day until now. And the pastors, the deacons, the board of directors are a great blessing to HBF. So as I, <clears throat> is my custom, though, I want to address the congregation on the subject of giving at least once a year. And perhaps this would be better in the main service, but uh, but uh, this is where we're doing it this year, and uh, we may have to, if you like the message, send it out to everybody and tell them to listen to it, but it's, it's fitting to do as we evaluate our obedience uh, to God's financial blessings at HBF, so uh, as you're turning there in your Bibles, I want to just read a few verses to you, uh, because when it comes to giving, really, uh, the principle is first fruits. In Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, the Bible says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Right? So when it comes to giving, at the end of the day, it's about prioritization. It's about giving God the first fruit, the best, the cream of the crop, so to speak. So God always is worthy of our best, and that is uh, why we give the first fruits <clears throat> of the increase, of whatever that increase is. It's not just finances, uh, but God gets the cream off the top of our time, our talent, and our treasure, or at least he should. He should be my priority, your priority, our priority, because all things come from God, and we don't exist without him. So he is worthy of all our honor and our praise and the first fruits of all of the increase. A second verse I would just kind of use to encapsulate what we're talking about when it comes to giving is found, it's, it's on our giving envelopes, it's 2 Corinthians 9, a familiar passage to many of us, verse 6 through 8. It's, it's about our attitude, right? It's really not about, I mean, honestly, uh, we can bring it up annually and we can talk about it, but if you don't have a heart to give, then it, we're just we're just really extortionists, right? And so... That's not who I am, and that's not who we are, and that's not who God is. And so this passage in 2 Corinthians 9 really just encapsulates the attitude toward giving. When Paul says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and uh, he which uh, soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, right, it's a heart issue, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, right? Don't, Don't feel like arm twisted behind the back. But also know that if you don't give, you're going to reap what you sow, right? If you don't prioritize God, everything in your life will show it, right? It's not just about money. It's about everything. If you don't take that time in God's word, as Lance pointed out, if we don't take and put him first, well, you know, you'll reap what you sow. Conversely, though, if our heart is such that we want to give willingly, freely, we have a right attitude toward giving back to the one who gives us everything, well, man, um, God loves a cheerful giver. I mean, it actually, what can I do to bring joy to God's heart? Oh, I can give graciously. Right? I can have a gracious heart in giving. That'll do it. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. So what's that, what's that saying? Is that God, he loves cheerful givers. He's going to make a way for them to be givers because God loves that, right? And so, uh, so we're certainly not under the law, but it is also very clear that giving is a grace, and it's an attitude that God gives us, and it's it's a, it's a delight to the Lord because of the manifestation of his divine character through us. When we are giving units, right? I'm talking individually, not giving units 
cheerful giving units, as uh, Dwayne Arney uh, defined us all, right? As we as we come as cheerful giving units, that that brings glory to God because He is He's a good God, and it's His it's His divine character being manifest through the vessels uh, that we are, and that's a cool thing. So it's important that we prioritize that for His sake, and most importantly, it's also important that the the principle of tithing and offerings. Um, though mentioned in the Old Testament, is a principle occurring, with, uh, you know, with Adam through Abraham before the law, before Moses, the Ten Commandments. That that was going on. Why? Well, it goes really back to the the Garden, right? There were there were offerings and there were sacrifices, and it's the principle of first fruits and and, and honoring the Lord with that. And so in Genesis fourteen twenty, Abraham gave the first fruits of the spoils uh, to Melchizedek. Right, and that is the first time you see the word tithe, which simply means a tenth. That's why we work off of that principle, uh, because it's a great place to start. So Paul goes well beyond the tithe in his admonition in Romans twelve one through two, and um, we just had a, a great uh, exhortation on that from from Lance. And of course, he's there talking about giving our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. So we should live with the understanding that all that we are and possess are the Lord's, and He is worthy of of all, right? So the New Testament principle kind of ratchets it, ratchets it way up. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, we're not just talking about 10%. We're talking about all, right? And that's really the attitude we have as Christians in the New Testament. That's what we have to deal with. Not are we going to give 10%. We have to wrestle with, are, am I going to give all? You hear me often say that, like we're going to pass the plate and let's put ourselves in the plate, right? Because really we are to be a living sacrifice. We're to give all. And so that's what we wrestle with is New Testament. Now, I'm not advocating, by the way, when it comes to financial giving, just to be clear here, that everybody, you know, you, you know, we all live in a tent out back and we, we go communal Jim Jones style. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying um, the attitude of such is that, that, you know what, God, you have everything, and this is just a way I can honor you, whether it's 1%, 10%, you know, 50%, whatever it is. Uh, but I'm giving this not to Brian, not to the church. I'm giving this to you, Lord. Right? That's my attitude. I'm a cheerful giver. And so in the time uh, that I have remaining, I want to just charge you from the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Look at verses 1 through 5, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through this fairly rapidly, but I do think I can get through it in the time we have if we continue briskly. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 1 says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. And that's kind of a may not resonate with you as far as the English there, but he's basically saying these guys uh, in great, uh, they were in a situation where they couldn't give, you know, it didn't look like they could give, but God gives them through the trial and the affliction, this incredible joy of giving, right? There's a grace that's given. And he goes on to say in verse three, four, to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Verse 5, And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Heavenly Father, as we continue on this subject in this manner of giving, I pray, God, that you would quicken our hearts, you communicate to each and every one of us, that we would understand, Lord, that as, as Lance pointed out, we don't compare ourselves with ourselves, but if we're going to compare ourselves with anyone, or may we be compared to these Macedonians, Lord, who are... Uh, highlighted for giving grace in the New Testament. I pray, God, that you would make us a, a people and of, of a giving grace, Lord, for your oper- for your glory, for your um, for for your kingdom's sake, for the kingdom of God's sake, Lord. May we be faithful to you, and may it be manifest in this way. We thank you, and we ask this in Jesus' name, Amen. 
I liked what Lance said about if we went by the, the, the statistics of the world, then, uh, and that chart doesn't go up, right? And it doesn't always go, your income doesn't always go up. Um, you know what? Then, then we would be a failure. But we're not failures because this is the, dealing with the kingdom of God. And uh, I actually said that to somebody when we, back in 2017 when things dipped and we had to cut and everything. I told someone, I'm like, hey, look, if this was a business, I'd be fired, right? But it, it isn't a business. It's ministry. And God is full of grace. And you know what? Uh, we had this, we have this, uh, we took the mean of the churches, right, or the median income. Uh, we looked at that. We looked at the church averages and all of that. But, you know, when you're going to, if we're, we're not to compare ourselves with ourselves, but if we're going to compare ourselves with anybody, let's look at some poor folk in the Bible that get highlighted for giving. I'm like, that, that, we could all identify. There's some people in here that say, I'm a poor folk. Well, good. If you're a poor folk, there's poor folk in the Bible that, that, are, that, that have the example of giving grace. So, uh, this is the first point of study, if you have your outline. Number one, look for giving examples. I was so blessed in my life to have a giving example. The man who led me to Christ and discipled me is very gracious. So I had, I had a living testimony from the first day till now. It's made this particular subject uh, pretty easy for me to talk about because I had, a good, I had a good on-ramp, right? I had someone instructing me from the time I was in Discipleship 1 on how to be faithful in stewardship. And I was a young man, so I could do that. <clears throat> so look for opportunities to witness God's giving grace. That's what we see in verse 8, uh, 8.1. That's why Paul highlights it. He says, hey, I do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. And that word wit there, uh, there's a, I'm not going to read it. I got stuff in my notes. But if you go through commentary, Adam Clark's commentary will say that that's a, the most worst, this is the worst translated uh, word in the Bible. And they just talk about how bad it is. But it's actually the, it's perfect, of course. Because it's the, the word wit is to dealing with the witness. Paul says, I want you to witness what's going on. I do you to wit of the grace of God? You want to see a witness of God's grace? Look at the churches of Macedonia, right? And how and in that great trial of affliction, they were able to give above and beyond their ability. And so uh, the word also gives us a sense in which what Paul was trying to say there is that, you know, Paul himself was a lawyer, right? And so uh, the, the, we know the Corinthians were a little bit cantankerous. They were a little bit uh, full of themselves. They were very affluent people, but they weren't particularly giving, right? Paul had, and uh, by the reason he's using these folks is they had promised big gifts, but they hadn't delivered. Now, it wasn't because they didn't have it. It's because they had a heart problem. So he says, I need a witness, right? So if you had a trial, we know Paul's a lawyer. So what does he do? He calls a witness. He says, let me look at the stand over here. I'm going to bring the church of Macedonia to the stand, and they're, and, and they're going to be a witness, and, uh, and you can see, as he goes through this text, the grace of God that's bestowed upon him. And so what he's telling the Corinthians is, hey, man, I just want you to have some grace. I want you to have the same type of grace that these folks are getting. Jesus reflects uh, this same meaning in John fifteen fifteen when he says, Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father. I have made known unto you. When he says, I have made known unto you, He's using the same word there, uh, wit. I've, made, I've, I've witnessed to you, right? I've shown you these things. So that same Greek word is translated in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 as wit. All right, moving on, point B. So look for evidence of God's giving grace. In verses 2 through 4, that's what Paul gives us, the evidence. So don't forget Paul is also this lawyer, as I've mentioned, and he gives evidence to the support his testimony regarding the Macedonian churches. The churches of Macedonia are on trial. So let's run through this trial. What do we see? Well, Paul witnesses, right, or witness how that they were in great trial of affliction and produced joy. So as they're sitting on the stand in verse 2, he says, hey, listen, these guys were in great trial of affliction, but from that it produced joy. 
He goes on to say that, that they were in deep poverty. Uh, but it also, in that deep poverty, produced riches from their liberality. What does that mean? Their freedom in Christ. There was a great liberty in their, in their life, uh, even though they were in deep poverty. And they, and they didn't have physical riches. God provided them riches. In verse 3, it says, Paul, Paul goes on to say that, that uh, Paul witnessed that they were willing of themselves according to their power and beyond their power. When you look at this church, they were able to do things above and beyond their ability. As we like to say in our culture, that's above my pay grade. Well, Paul says, listen, these guys are going way above their pay grade, right? They're, 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 somehow God is giving them the grace to do that. In verse 4, he, Paul witnessed that they, uh, ent- they uh, had entreated or asked and encouraged the apostles to take the gift of the church uh, that was suffering in Jerusalem. You had these poor and afflicted Philo- uh, folks in the, the area of Macedonia, I was going to say Philippi, in the area of Macedonia, that themselves were in deep poverty and affliction. And yet, when they heard of a brother in need, they're like, oh, you know what, we're going we're gonna to provide. And he's like looking at them going, I don't know how they did it, but they came to us. We didn't even ask. Like, we weren't wanting to take their stuff. They were in affliction. But yet they came and they said, hey, hey, you've got to take this gift to Jerusalem. You've got to help the brothers. That's a hard attitude that they had. Paul witnessed their earnest desire to fellowship in the ministry of the other saints. They just wanted to be included in what God was doing in Jerusalem. And so it is profitable, point two, to look around at the grace bestowed upon churches within your sphere of influence. God has blessed us literally in the same way. Geographically, the the churches of Philippi, Thessalonica, Berea, were only a couple hundred miles from the Corinthians. And it's a good idea to make a point to witness the work of grace in other like-minded congregations in your uh, proximity geographically we have that liberty even today we partner with churches we had a need just a few months ago in uh, asia and uh, we sent out an email and man boom and uh, and and all the every, all the churches start talking next thing you know the needs met that was more than a need that heartland could provide by ourselves but because of our partnerships uh, god was able to help us and uh, we didn't actually tell you guys about it we didn't we just took again from our missions and money we just took some of that and applied a small portion, and then it got matched, and everybody put together, and it met a medical need for uh, a supported missionary in a foreign country. So we praise God for that. And so uh, we've been blessed. This church right now has a a newer van. Why? Because of of a little church called Shiloh that blessed us back with a church with a van that we needed. It was on our prayer list, and God provided from our own church that we sent out. That was crazy. Uh, when I was on the circuit a couple decades ago, I used to be amazed at the number of missionaries all over the world that came out of little bitty churches all over Kansas and Missouri. And you'd come into a little church and like, oh, that's brother, sister, so-and-so. I taught them in high school or whatever. And now there are some missionaries. It, wasn't, it wasn't, didn't come out of the mega churches. Look at Lance said, hey, they only give. I guarantee you, if a church that's making millions of dollars is only giving a sliver to missions, they aren't sending a lot of missionaries either. They may squirt out one or two. You know where it's going to get done? It's going to get done in churches like Macedonia that go over and above their ability, right? Wouldn't it be cool if we produced, like, buku missionaries? Uh, I don't even know if that's proper. That's, that's probably a bad thing. But anyway, if we produced a lot of missionaries, how would we do that? I don't know, but we're going to try, right? We're trying. We want to do that. And pastors and ministers. So how does he do that? Well, it's giving grace that God does that. It's giving grace. It starts with our attitude, our heart attitude. And so, um, how about the people who discipled you, uh, or that you discipled? That's where it really starts. It's, that's how it started in my life. A man that had learned giving grace uh, bestowed it on me and said, Hey, Brian, 
I do you the wit of the grace of God that's been bestowed upon me. Now, he didn't say, here's what I give every month. He didn't have to say what he gave every month. You could tell he gave of his time, his talent, and his treasure. Why? Because it's self-evident. It's self-evident. And so, <clears throat> so it starts really in our discipleship process. What did the Jesus do? He walked with these men, and then he says, hey, guys, watch this grace. And he goes and dies on the cross for him. <laughs> How about that? And every one of those folks became a witness. They became a witness. Except John. You couldn't kill John, so he just got raptured. But anyway, <laughs> but, but they became a witness. They, did, they became a witness of the grace of God, the giving grace of Jesus. That's what we are to do. Okay, point three, the graduation of giving grace is also clear, right? It didn't just stay there. These people grew in their grace. Uh, now, that, this is practical. Start, and I'm moving quickly, but start with giving what's in your power. He says, hey, I, I did, we wouldn't expect them to give beyond their power. Just start with what's in your power, right? Don't, don't, start, don't do what's beyond your power in verse 3. For to their power, yeah, they did what was in their power. I, this is what I teach in, in Asia, right? These folks are dirt poor. Uh, and I don't mean that as a derogatory statement. I mean, actually, literally living with dirt floors. That's where that comes from. And so I'm like, hey, pastor, obviously they, they, may not even, they make 200 maybe dollars a year, U.S., maybe, maybe not that much. So, you know, if you need a $40,000 building in India, people that make less than $200 a, month, a year, I should say, are going to have a hard time supporting that, right? So what can they do? Give up? No, they bring rice or a chicken. Or whatever. And I've seen, I've been there. Jeff's been there. We've seen him come and they bring a bag of rice. Praise God. You know what? They're giving their first fruit. That's, that's giving grace. It's in their power. Right? And that, and that by the way, that was, might have been a sacrificial gift. But that may not have just been a, an easy giving grace. That may have been sacrificial. But they're giving what they have. It's in their power. What's in their power to give? That's where you start. Just give what's in your power and grow in giving beyond that. Like on that chart, he says, some of you may be here, some of you may be there. There may be, I know there's people in this church right now that give sacrificially. Uh, and then there's some, there's some, I know, I don't remember the percentage, Luke can tell it to me, but there's a large, too many of you aren't given a dime. I mean, financially. That's hard to believe. Like 30%, is that right? 34%. I'm not talking about guests, I'm talking about members. I'm like, Really? Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. No, no, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> because it's like, really, man, that's, uh, I want to see you guys have some grace. You say, well, now, maybe you give cash, and I don't know, and that's possible. I don't know. Fortunately, I don't know who gives and who doesn't. That's just a percentage. But it's true. Can you believe that? So uh, that means some people need to grow in their giving grace. It's not because we need it. I got news for you. God will supply. If, I, if, it was, if we're waiting on humans to get this building built back in the day, it had never gotten built. God provided somehow, miraculously. It's amazing. He does use people to do that, but believe me. But at the end of the day, God will pay for what he orders. So it's not about people, again, like I said when I introduced this, it's not about taking your arm and putting it behind your back so, you can, so we can extort money. I despise extortion. I despise manipulation. When I come to you about this subject, I'm saying this is for your benefit, right? When we started this church, I'm like, hey, I can get a job. I don't need money. God will provide. I know God. He'll, he'll provide. But this is about your growth and your grace. And you're loving and loving God in a way where you get to experience the grace of, of his divine power working in and through you in this way. It's, it's a grace that's upon you. Start. Just start. I don't care if it's, I don't care what the fraction is. 
I mean, if you can only afford 50 cents, man, 50, drop 50. 50 cents, not $50,000, not $50. Just drop 50 cents and see what happens. That feels good to let go of that 50. I remember when I first was a baby Christian, I was tight as a drum because I didn't trust churches. Um, and so I wasn't going to give a dime. And uh, when I saw the TV cameras in our church, immediately I was like, forget this. Car salesman all the way. I didn't even believe in that. I was like, I can't believe these people are straight. I thought it was a scam. But you know what? As God went on, it took me a few months after discipleship, <clears throat> and I was in a service, and they were pass- passing the can, man. And I just got off work. I was still greasy with, uh, with hamburger grease. And I reached in my pocket, and I gave everything I had, man. I put it in a Folgers can that went by. And I can still remember, that was a huge, that's like the dam breaking in my life. And man, I was like, Phew. I didn't give because I had to. It wasn't a message on giving. I finally, God grew me to the point where I wanted to. And so I just opened up what was in my hand, everything I had. It's probably five bucks, ten bucks, whatever I had. But at the time, it was a lot of money for me. And I just dropped it in the folders can. And man, I was, you know what I was thinking? I was like, God, I wish I had more. Because it finally occurred to me what I was getting from this, this message and what I was getting from Jesus at church, what I was getting from the Word of God, most importantly. The Spirit of God was, I just didn't have enough money to give, to give him what I wanted to give. I wanted to give him more. You know what I'm saying? That's called giving grace. Because you realize you cannot outgive God. So just give what you can, right? And that actually began a process in my life of obeying what I was learning in discipleship and started actually setting aside, every time I got paid, I started setting aside a portion. It happened For me, it was 10%. And I just set that aside. And, uh, and man, you know, you know, I never missed it. Never missed it. Okay, grow in giving beyond your power. Then if you're like, hey, Brian, I got that down. Well, then, hey, pray that God gives us grace to grow beyond and giving in our grow in giving beyond our power uh, and giving ourselves to the Lord. All those things are mentioned in verse three. Be persistent in giving uh, as well, and go beyond what's expected. Point C: Look for the priority of God's giving grace as well. And I've already touched on this, but give uh, God your heart. That's really the issue. Give God your heart. Macedonian style giving starts in the heart. We don't really, and I like what Lance said. You know, this is just the averages, and we don't really compare ourselves with ourselves, and that's all true. Really what we want to compare ourselves to is Christ and and look at the Macedonians and compare ourselves to their heart. Uh, Do we have the heart? Macedonian style giving starts in the heart. Give God your life. We've already touched on that in Romans 12, so I'm going to move along. But understand that really it starts with our life. And and so uh, it's it's just really putting ourselves in the plate. Point three, our heart is will naturally go where we invest our resources, right? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then if you desire to have a heart for God, invest in the things that God has a heart for. Maybe you're not quite there yet, and I, I'm feeling you, I'm getting you, because I was super skeptical of everything before I got saved. I mean, I was the modern Gen Zer, right, before there was a Gen Zer. And so, um, and so I get it, <clears throat> but just, just start. If you say, man, I want to have a heart for the things of God, start, find the things of God that really move you and give toward that. Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. God will move your heart to that. All right, so that's what you can do. Uh, especially, so maybe you're in that, that 33 percentile mode, and you're like, I have not given anything to the Lord. Well, then just start there. I mean, maybe just start, just like take a dollar and just test it. And, and just give it to God in a way. You say, I don't trust this church for, with my dollar. Fine. Find a missionary that you trust, even though you're kind of getting it out of order. God will get you there. 
and, and give toward that missionary. But you should actually prioritize the church because you wouldn't even know about that missionary if it wasn't for the local church. But that's another story. Um, but, our, but our heart will naturally go where we invest our resources. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's why, like, when you wreck a car that's brand new, it's like your heart sinks. Why? Because I just invested in this. And, man, you hate to see it get crashed. <coughs> we can say all day, well, that shouldn't mean anything to you. Well, that, right, but wait until you crash into a wall. See if you feel like that. Right? Why do you feel like that car is so special? Because you put a lot of money in it. If that car cost you five bucks and you crashed into the wall, you'd be like, oh, got to get another. No big deal. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You just prove that out. You put a lot of money in something, it's going to mean something to you. If you desire to have a heart for God, invest in the things that God has a heart for. Uh, and by the way, <clears throat> that would be the word of God and the souls of men. Lance touched on that too, right? If we don't put any time in God's word, no wonder we don't have a heart for it. We're not investing in it. And so our investments will reflect where our heart is. All right, so point two, live for giving opportunities. So, so you can find those examples. Find those people who are witness, right? May I get a witness, right? You need a witness. People who are living out the reality, they are obedient in this, in this area. Find them, follow them, learn from them, and then live for giving opportunities. In verses six through nine, that's what the, that's what the Macedonian church did. It says, in so much that we desired Titus that as he began, so he would finish in you the same grace also. They sent Titus to Corinth to help them grow. And, and, and it says in verse 7, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, in all diligence. Right? He's like, you guys got it going on. I mean, you've got faith, you've got utterance, you've got knowledge, and you've got diligence. Well, in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. You love us? Well, great. Well, then also, why don't you grow in this area of giving, right? We're going to give you an opportunity to follow the Lord. And he says in verse 8, which is very important, um, or verse 7, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, oh, verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, that, that uh, ye through his poverty might be rich. So now Paul is appealing to them. He's like, guess what? We're gonna, I'm going to send Titus <clears throat> so that you can have an opportunity to prove the sincerity of your love. <clears throat> and so God will use others, point A, to bring giving opportunities to you. 2 Corinthians 8, 6. That's what, that's what he is talking about there. I'm going to send Titus so he can give you opportunity to be a part of this grace. Titus was on his way to present the Corinthians with an opportunity to give in the same fashion as the Macedonians. The opportunity to give will be upon those who are willing vessels. Titus was ready to see this grace of financial giving be manifest in the life of the Corinthian church. Now, practically at HBF, we have ways to do that every week, right? Giving in ministry. God has some giving grace opportunities available in all kinds of places in this, in this ministry, in the sound booth, the children's ministry, common grounds, especially uh, uh, hospitality, Bible publishing, I could go on and on and on. There's all kinds of places you can give of your life, give of your prayers. <clears throat> you can join a prayer team. You can be here on Sunday night praying. Uh, we can come on Wednesday. I mean, there's just time to pray together. Give over and above to an approved and supported missionary, right? We have a long list of approved and supported missionaries. Jeff Barker, Doug Howie, Kel Horvath, Lee Carter, Dan Jalowick, Radeep Lehman, Roger Neapani, Doug Kerriger, et cetera. We have, it's longer than that. I mean, there's ways uh, that we can begin this grace. Point B, giving opportunities should grow us, right? So it's a growth opportunity in verse 7. 
He says, I want to see that you abound in this grace also, right? You guys got it going on in Corinth, but there's some things you could learn from the Macedonians. That's one of the reasons we take mission trips, by the way. You think you got it going on in the America, uh, in America? Wait until you go visit some saints in India. Uh, we got some things going on, no doubt. God's been good to us, but you'll find some things that we don't have going on. And it, it's humbling, let me tell you. You're like, well, there's some grace here I could grow in. I don't think I could take persecution nearly like my brothers in, in Asia. I, don't, I, I think I'm humble until I get there. And now I'm all like, man, Lord, forgive me. I think I can live within my means until I get there. And I'm like, Lord, forgive me for my gluttony. I mean, it just, guys, <clears throat> I'm not saying we're bad and we shouldn't be ashamed of God's blessings. I'm just saying that God's blessed us to be a blessing. <clears throat> and, we, and sometimes we just need some perspective. And that's what Paul was bringing to the Corinthians. He's like, guys, I know, I know that you got it going on, but there's some grace here that you need to grow in. There's giving grace. Sometimes we need to go, grow in giving grace. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, I'm having some little problems today. So giving opportunities should grow us. Um, and so uh, give in proportion to your spiritual capacity. First uh, Peter 1, uh, 2 through 8 tells us that our spiritual development concludes with charity, right? So the, just consider that. Charity is the culmination of our spiritual development. It's a manifestation of maturity. I, I like what, what, how Lance ended and he was giving us benchmarks. Like, where do you fit in here? I immediately was thinking of the seven stages of spiritual growth. You know, and, and that's actually, when you look at it in, a, in the context of spiritual growth, in the context of Peter, as he lays it out, it ends, right? What we would call consecration and world missions and going to the world. Where's that, what's, that, what's that look like? It's called charity. Not just financially. I mean, that's giving of ourselves to get the gospel where it needs to go on time. That direct, directly ties us into the mission of God. God calls us to charity from the get-go. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Right, because the most important thing and precious thing that any of us have is the gospel. So the financial part is just like that's just like the training wheels. That's just getting us started. <clears throat> so uh, Paul says that as they grow in faith, knowledge, diligence, and love, they should grow in their capacity to give financially. That's what he's telling the Corinthians. <clears throat> and so I'm going to skip some of this because I'm running out of time. So point C: giving opportunities reflect the sincerity of our love as well. Verse eight: I speak not by commandment, by, but by occasion, the forwardness of others. And to prove the sincerity of your love. So giving graciously proves where our faith lies. I put a reference there from 1 Kings 17, 9 through 15. Ultimately, <clears throat> um, the sincerity of our love is going to be manifest in where we give. So giving shows us that God doesn't need us. We need him. <clears throat> when we invest in God's priorities, he sustains us. And HBF has made a point to tie the minimum of our of our giving back to missions. Why does HBF give a portion of our budget? Because as a church, we want to be faithful to give toward something other than us, right? And we want to give to, to the missions, missionaries specifically, foreign missions. And uh, But also we do, as Lance correctly pointed out, a third of our budget goes, a large majority of our budget does go to ministry right here where we're at. So for those that would say, well, Brian, we send so much overseas, I don't want to hear that. Now that will get me a little irritated. When Americans say you send too much of your budget overseas and we spend like a third of it here, not counting, well, you look at all, we, send, we spend more than a third of it here. We spend 90% of it here almost. I mean, when you think about it. So 80-some percent goes here and we're upset about sending 87% here and 13 somewhere else. Come on. 
I, that's not cool. That's selfish and self-centered. So have a, have a proper perspective on it. If anything, we need to do more, not less. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox and uh, get to preaching instead of meddling. But point D, giving opportunities reflects the grace of our Lord. And that's what we see in verse 9. When was the last time you gave from your want and not from your abundance? That's what he's talking about in verse 9. He's, he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet he, for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be, may, be rich. So, man, many times we seek a blessing from God before considering blessing him, right? And, and so do you pray, God bless me, or do we pray, may this be a blessing to God? And that's the difference in our heart attitude. If we're, we're always seeking to get, 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 and not give, 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 back to him. I'm not talking about, it really starts with him. Many come to God asking for a blessing, and by the way, God is more than generous. But very few people actually ask to bless God. God, how can I bless you? So don't don't miss the blessing. If you won't bless God, he will use someone else to do that. Right? I mean, God's going to find people who are willing to bless him. And so that he'll work with them. The largest one-time donation our church ever received, um, it did come from a member. I, should, I, got the, I was going to say, our first first time, the first time uh, we received a large donation, the first two major donations of this church uh, did not come from members. They came from people outside blessing our church. I know the same things with Word First. God's given Word First huge blessings from people that aren't even in our church. We don't even, it just comes in, boom. We got a church supporting our church in the Bible publishing right now. Thousands of dollars a year. We don't even know them. I mean, God just gives them giving grace. Why does he do that? To encourage us in what we're doing, to give to others. And God, he provides. So don't miss the blessing. Make sure you're blessing God. We, we don't have to give. We choose to give. And let me finish up because I'm three minutes over. Point three, uh, listen to giving advice. So I know I could have stepped, I'm not as nice as Lance. I, I'm, I mean, uh, I may be stepping on toes, but this is First Corinthians 8, or Second Corinthians 8. It's the word of God. And this is a pretty basic topic, <clears throat> and, and I only touch on it once a year, if that. So, <clears throat> so listen to giving advice when God provides it. Now, in verse, there's 14 verses here I don't have time to read through, but go back and read verses uh, 10 through 24. And here's the first point that you'll see. Uh, give expeditiously. In verses 10 through 13, Paul says, And herein I give my advice, for, for this is expedient for you, how, <clears throat> uh, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that is, there is a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For, for if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. So God is not asking people to give what they don't have. He's saying, just give what you promised and give what you have. I'm not asking you to even go above and beyond like the Macedonians. I'm just giving you an opportunity. Do it expeditiously. I'm sending Titus right now. Don't, don't worry about it. Just give what you got. Right? That's, that's all we're asking. We're not asking for what you don't have. We're asking for what you do have. That's acceptable. What they're doing is like above and beyond. Like when we give to missions over and above. That's why we say over and above. Over and above what you got, then you give to missions, right, and other ministry activities. And so now is the time to deliver on the promise, is what he's saying. Before you rush to support sacrificially, 
make sure you're obedient to tithe first. Tithing is the starting point, is the way I see it. Just give of what you have. If you don't, if you can't pay uh, the bills um, for HBF, then don't invest in paying someone else's mortgage. That's what often, you know, oh, someone's got a need over here. Well, I'll tell you what, Heartland has benevolence. We'll help that. It helps if you help us so we can help them. We have a way to do that. Don't cheat God by shorting in the giving. Uh, by giving to the, this happens sometimes. I, mean, I don't know, I don't know this, uh, who and what, but I've been told that there are sometimes people who will not give anything to Heartland and give everything like to a missionary, which I'm thankful for that, but it doesn't help Heartland, right? And so um, I'm glad you give to a missionary, but man, it'd be nice if you gave to the church and let the church give to the missionary. Would you give 13%? And then after that, if you can give to the missionary, that's great. I'm talking if you're not obedient and giving uh, obediently. Uh, and a tithe would be a good place to start. Are you guys understand what I'm saying? Let me pause right here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I don't want to confuse anybody. Um, I remember when we started the church, I, I realized after we had like double or triple the amount of people and our offerings weren't sailing up at the same category. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that means not everybody was given. And, every, and the other folks were, were bringing in the mail by God's grace. Their giving grace was what was keeping the church afloat for all the other people who were enjoying what God was doing in the church. Praise God for that. And that nobody complained. And, and I never, I didn't ever, I don't complain either because God provides. But you want to get in on that giving grace. You want to be part of the blessing. All right, moving on. So don't cheat missionaries by making commitments that God has not blessed you to give either. Be wise in that, right? So make sure that you can give according to God has blessed you. Um, if you say that tithing is Old Testament, you're right, but it is prior to the law, as I pointed out in my introduction. God owns everything, and we should uh, leverage all the resources we have to advance the kingdom of God. Just start where you can and grow from there. Be consistent and grow in grace. Point B, be equitable. Verses 14 through 15, Paul deals uh, with that topic. He says in verse 14, but by an equality that not as at, <clears throat> at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. He's just saying, look, there, God wants to leverage your abundance for the lack of others. He just give what you have because what your overflowing abundance is will help somebody else. Someday when you have that, when they have the abundance, they'll help you. So be equitable in that point. C, give with accountability. Uh, those who take up the offering should be proven. So he talks about sending these to pick up the offering. Uh, there's more than one man. They're going to pick up this offering and there's going to be accountability there. Here at HBF, we have accountability in the way we process. And I, that is important in the day and age in which we live. I wish I had more time to talk about that, but I want to thank the Lord and, the, and how he has provided such a faithful team of uh, pastors, deacons, and the board members, uh, and all the men on the board are of deacon caliber. And, and these are men that are faithful in stewardship of these offerings. We have a great accountability process. I could talk all day just about our purchase orders and all these details that would put you to sleep. But I've been in churches where there's not been when when where money's been stolen, and I tell you what, when we started HBF, I was like, that's not going to happen here. Um, and to our, the best of ability, we're trying to make sure that everything is decent and in order. And that's why it's so hard to get cash, and you got to go through purchase order processes and all that. Uh, it's not that we don't want to fund it; we just want to make sure everything is above board. As Lance said, there's nothing to hide, and uh, it is what it is. Okay, last thing, uh, give publicly. The last thing, verse 24, and we'll be done. He says. Wherefore, show ye, uh, show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love 
and of our boasting on your behalf. So individual offerings should not be publicized. And I'll end kind of where I started. But the evidence of that, man, it should be obvious. It should be public. Uh, there are people all over the world that know that HBF's a giving church. You know how? They see it in what you give. When you give to the Word First ministry and there's Bibles that sent overseas, when you pay of your own uh, monies and take missions trips and you go and you go and bless another missionary, when you give to the ministry here and we're a minute, when we're blessing at Life Issues uh, or a Ladies Bible Study or the doors are open for a wedding, all the different ministries that God has Sunday, week to week, all of those things are part of how people know, man, this is a giving church. When they roll up on the lot and they walk in here and they, see, they sense that this is a church that, that offers a gospel, a good news message that guess what? Salvation is unattainable. It costs way too much, but someone paid for it, and that person was Christ Jesus. And we're standing here offering this impossible gift, the gift of eternal life, made free by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's called grace, right? It's called grace, and we can all have it. Man, this is a church of grace. And so that was my message. I just want you to, I want us to all consider where we are and grow in giving grace. If you're not given anything, well, you can grow. Even if you're given obediently, you can grow. Even if we're given sacrificially, we can grow in giving grace. And it's all grace. It's to his glory. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together and we'll have a word of prayer and uh, be ready for transition.